Welcome back to Side Peace Show. Yeah. You guys, let me tell you once again, what is better than my singing? And, you know, I normally try to be, you know, the funny one and crack a joke and tell you funny stories about my kids and how they're peeing all over the floor and then one of them thinks it's a slip and slide and then slides down the hallway in the pee and you know they laugh and they laugh and it's so funny but let me tell you what is most important to me is of course having fun and enjoying life and everything but raising just good great nice kids let me tell you my son And my daughter, Logan and Vivi, go to school. And there's a man, and he is the one, Alfredo, who cleans all the classrooms. He's amazing. He's always there with the children, helping out. But he's responsible for cleaning up and cleaning the classrooms and everything that he does to keep that school going. Because we all know it's all like the the behind-the-scenes people, right, that really are like the superstars of everything. So Logan comes home from school and says, Alfredo's not here anymore. I saw a man with a white shirt that replaced Alfredo. And I said, Logan, did you ask that man what his name was? And he said, no, it was right when I was leaving and I didn't get to talk with him. I said, so here's what we're going to do tomorrow. This man you're going to go up to and you're going to say, hi, my name is Logan. What is your name? And when he tells you his name, you're going to say, thank you so much for cleaning up my classroom and all you do for us in our school, because you always got to give respect to anybody. I don't care who it is. You always show them respect. So that was Thursday, Friday, he comes home and he says, the man wasn't there today. And I said, okay, well, you know what? Monday we can we can see him and we can ask his name and you can say thank you. This was Friday, you guys. Friday. He's four. So we carry on with our weekend. Friday night, all of Saturday, all of Sunday. And I'm putting him to bed Sunday night. And we don't talk at all about this since Friday. And so Sunday night, he's going to bed. And I'm like, I love you. We say our good nights. I'm starting to close the door. And he says, Mommy, And I said, yes, Logan. And I opened the door and I said, I love you. He says, I have a task tomorrow. And I said, you do back at school? And he says, yes. He says, I'm going to find the man in the white shirt, ask him his name and say, thank you very much for all that you do for us. And like, this is two days after the fact and he's four And for him to remember this and to think of this on his own, I just like, my heart just stopped. Like over anything, over how funny they are and like, like I said, the jokes and everything else and great at sports and athletic, like an athletic superstar like their mom. (laughs) I had to add that in. Nothing is more important than them having a great heart and being good kids. And that just blew me away. And I had to share with you that story. I'm so proud of my kids and the super amazing little, little 
amazing, awesome, sometimes assholes, but mostly awesome people that they are. And that wraps up the happenings in my world. Now it's time for Side Stealers of the Week. And holy crap, it's happening again. We have all of the super side stealers from one show, you guys. Yes, all three side stealers from Real Housewives of Potomac. Number three is Chris, Candace's husband. Chris, drunk as hell, giving Candace, who is also drunk as hell, the pep talk motivational speech, how she has to be nicer and do better. And the best part, everything that he was saying, as drunk as a skunk as he was, all made sense. I love Chris. Number two, side stealer from Potomac. Gordon, that's Mia's husband. O-G, where do I start with G? So I have probably heard more about G's penis in the last two episodes than I have my husband's penis in probably two years. Okay? Okay. So, G, I love you. It is so beyond cringeworthy, yet a little oh so entertaining all at the same time. And my number one side stealer of the week, Ray, Karen's husband. The black Bill Gates himself, good old Ray Ray. So, Ray joins the trip. He walks into the house saying hi to everybody. Then he sees Giselle sitting over by the table, looks at her foot that's in a boot, and says, what happened? Giselle jokingly says, you know, I got into a fight with your wife. Ray, like not missing a beat, looks over at Karen and says, you couldn't have gone for her neck? And that is, for me, the line of the season so far. Good old Ray Ray, the black Bill Gates himself as my side stealer of the week. And that wraps up my side stealers. But what else is hot and happening in Bravo world? You guys, Vanderpump Rules star Lala ends her relationship, engagement, everything with Randall after Randall was caught out in Nashville with two other chicks. Okay, why is it that everyone is always cheating? I have an idea. How about you just keep your freaking penis in your pants and don't be a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater? Can we try that? Okay. Salt Lake City, a.k.a. Setup City. I mean, Lisa's dinner that she invites Whitney to with the chefs, the caterers, the whole thing. So freaking staged. I could even smell the staging through Mary's poot. But then, Dewey, Jenny's husband, still wanting kids after 10 freaking miscarriages. And if that's not bad enough, he then throws out the sister wives bomb. Okay, let me tell you what would have happened had I been there and that were me. I would literally take a butter knife, cut his balls off, and put them in his more than 
smoothie and serve them nice and chilled. Drink up, baby. Drink up. Don't ever talk about sister wives to me. Vanderpump rules. Okay. DJ James Kennedy. Let me tell you, he has never, ever, ever, like ever been my favorite. But when he was sitting at the table talking to Raquel, pumping her up, giving her such love and respect, like real genuine love and respect, I think it's a side we've never seen from James. And it was the best. And I got to wrap it up with that baby because that's all the hotness happening in Bravo world. Thank you guys. Thank you. Have I told you lately? Well, I do every week. But right now, have I told you lately how much I love you? You guys are the best for listening, subscribing, for being fans, for tuning into all the craziness that I say with my nasty, disgusting voice that I still have. Thank you guys are the best. Thank you for telling all your friends to listen and subscribe, rate and review as well so we can celebrate all of the entertaining and delicious parts of Side Piece Show together. My guest today, this man's client roster is more stacked than the freaking Super Bowl champions team. You might not always see him, but let me tell you, he is always, always there. The lawyer for everybody Jersey, from Joe and Melissa Gorga to Joe and Teresa. It is the incredibly amazing attorney at law, James Leonard. You guys, I had this whole intro set up, but this guy is so freaking superstar, amazing. You guys are going to crap your pants when you hear and what he's talking about the ultimate attorney to if you are remotely even a jersey fan whether it's Teresa, Joe, the Gorgas, anybody, Angelina from Jersey Shore, this is the ultimate attorney ever. And I'm so excited. I finally convinced him after a long time of stalking to have on my show you guys, it is the attorney of all attorneys, the one and only James Leonard. Hi. I got to be honest. That is a very, very good intro. I, I can't disappoint after that intro. So thank you so much. I'm very humbled. That wasn't even my like superstar one. I didn't even want to take anything away from this and all the glorious like that's going to happen. James, how do you ever ever go by Jim? Or is it always James? All the time. No, I go by James, Jim, Jimmy everything. So what, what, what do we call you? I always say James, but I don't know if that's like, if you like that, that would do you. If we're talking about like our Bravo universe, right. To Teresa, I'm Jim, Melissa, I'm Jim, but I think I'm James to other cast members that don't know me well because they just see my name or whatever. Got it. But my intimates, my wife calls me Jim, Jimmy, so James well, more formal, Jim Jimmy more relaxed. Well, we're like this now. So, so let's we're go tight. with Jim. You can call me Jim. There you go. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. I've been I've been called it all. Jim, holy crap. You guys, no shit. I have been so excited for this. We have been talking, I don't know, months, 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 months. Okay, you guys, as I said, he is the ultimate attorney to everybody, Jersey. 
how in the hell did you get hooked up with representing this crew? So the very first reality show that I ever had any contact with or any communication with, I represented the rapper Little Kim. And she went away to prison and she filmed a show for BET called Countdown to Lockdown because it was the you know countdown ultimately to her serving yeah. her sentence. I got involved with her when she was already away. So I was involved with her when she was filming what was going to be season two of Countdown to Lockdown. And I filmed some things with her, um, but I don't believe that that season ever aired, right? Yeah. So that was my first foray into reality TV and the cameras, et cetera. Then I got involved on the Jersey Shore in its first run. I was involved with the Jersey Shore when it was a pilot. What? All, all the way up until the very, very end. And now I'm back involved with it as family vacation. So the story of how I got involved with New Jersey Housewives, I had developed a little bit of a reputation for being involved, like I said, with Jersey Shore, with Little Kim. And I was at an event here in South Jersey. And another lawyer came up to me and said, there's somebody that I want to introduce you to. So he took me over to meet this woman, um, super nice woman. We had a very brief interaction and she asked me for, for my contacts and said, oh, I have a friend that may ultimately call you. They're trying to put her on a TV show, blah, blah, blah. And it was very quick. And the next day I got a phone call from somebody that said, oh, I got your a business card from my friend, Maria. They're trying to give me a contract to be on a show. You know, I need someone to look at it. Um, so I scheduled a meeting with her and her husband. And that was Joe and Melissa Gorga, right? Now, I pride myself on being very uh, hip to what's going on in like pop culture. At that moment, I had never heard of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. It had completely escaped me. Teresa flipping a table, which was a big deal. That was not even remotely in my universe when the, the time that I spoke to Melissa Gorga. Were you living my under wife, a rock? You didn't know the table flip? I don't know where I was living or what I was doing, but that was not <laughs> part of my universe. When I told my wife, I spoke to this woman, she's coming to see me. My wife knew everything. My wife was completely immersed in Bravo Real Housewives. I meet with the Gorgas. I help them with their contract for which would be- Season three. Season three. And develop a relationship with them. And mind you, I'd never seen the show. I, I don't know anything about the show. They invite me and my wife and my two very young children to the now famous christening, right? So I, I don't, I just know there's a little bit of drama. Like I know that that's the, the, the genesis of what the show's all about. And you don't know Teresa at this point. I don't know who any of these people Nobody. are. I don't know anything about it. Right. And now I know everything, right. I know everything, but at the time, none of it really had a whole lot of meaning to me. It was super fun. It's exciting. There's cameras, but we're at this christening. And then obviously what happened at the christening, it was like, oh my goodness, this is, very, very intense, very intense, very real. And then I started watching the show and saying, you know, okay, I'm, I'm involved in this universe to an extent, right? I know these people, I was there, 
I'm, you know, I was on that episode very briefly, but now I started watching season one, season two, familiarizing myself with who Teresa is and who the others are. And then obviously I took a different interest in the show when season three ultimately aired. But basically what happened was for me, so I'm still working on Jersey Shore. I'm doing the housewives, but my role was in essence, do contracts and you deal with lawyers. You don't deal with the network. You don't deal with Andy Cohen. You don't even deal with the production company for the most part. So I was kind of a really behind the scenes, just negotiating contracts, you know, Every now and again, if there was a problem, I would help out with something. But it wasn't until I got involved with Teresa several years later, going into season seven, that then my whole universe changed as far as how I interacted with the network, you know, how I interacted with all of those people and completely changed my whole perspective on dealing with production, dealing with the network dealing with the other talent on the show. And it, it, it changed for me at that point. Wait a minute. Okay. So you're at the christening, all hell breaks loose. Yes. Anybody listening that knows Bravo knows the christening, just like you say, table flip, they know the table flip. So were you like, um, and you see Joey Gorga going at Joe GJ, were you like, uh, do I want to represent these people? Really? No, I, I did. There was something about it that I, I can't describe it. I know that it probably comes off when you watch the episode, but there was something about both sides. And even though I didn't know Teresa or her family at that point, there was something there that was very intriguing because I could tell that this was very real and authentic. And I knew enough about reality TV that the whole purpose of reality television is authenticity. And I can tell you that being in that room with these people, regardless of who I worked with and who I was, what was happening was so real and so authentic that I literally went home like the next day or that night and said, I have to watch this because this is what reality TV is all about. And that's why I say that the Real Housewives of New Jersey is not only the best franchise on Bravo, but I believe the most authentic reality TV show ever. And I don't know that it will ever be duplicated or surpassed because what you see is what you get, particularly when you're dealing with Teresa, the Judices and the Gorgas. And when they are fighting with one another, that's real. They're fighting off camera when they love one another. That's real. And there's healing and there's all types of real emotions and authentic, you know, being authentic. Right. It makes it to me just, I think it's the best show on Bravo, whether people agree or disagree. But as far as if you're looking for authenticity, there's not a close second. Well, and I love that you say that too, because, you know, they always say reality isn't reality, right? Like, so I appreciate the fact that you see that this is actually, we're not scripted. You know, this stuff really is happening, whether the cameras are rolling or not rolling. And all, but also too, remember that season, Kathy Wakili joined. Did you have anything to do with that? 
I did. I, I helped her and her husband with their contracts in the early part of their involvement with Bravo. And, you know, they were a part of it. And again, that was authentic. That was a, that's a real family that had, you know, real issues, you know, big uh, issues, big issues and played out on television and played out off camera. I mean, so that's the thing too, because you represent Teresa now. I mean, as far as I, since the get go, since season three, when Melissa, Kathy, Joey, Richie joined, it was always fighting with Teresa. So then how do you then represent, they are fighting with Teresa. How do you, how does Teresa come into play where then you start representing her? So I continue to represent the Gorgas, right? I continue to represent the Gorgas. The Wakilis aren't on the show any longer, but there came a time when I was no longer representing the Wakilis. And it's shortly thereafter or at the same time when I started representing Teresa on other things. And then I got very involved in her, you know, Bravo life. And those worlds just all kind of came together. And quite honestly, in representing them when they are at odds with one another, on camera, off camera, I I tend to try to work as a mediator, right? To try to say, hey, guys, you know, come on, this is good for business. It's good for the show. But the reality of it is, it's better in life, you know, for everyone to be peaceful and in harmony, whatever. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. But at the end of the day, their job, and they both do it very well is to put forth their authentic lives on television. And I don't think there's a franchise that does it better, quite honestly. But was Melissa, was she like, cause you always see this competition, right? Between Melissa and Teresa, right? We always saw that. Was she like, why, you're my attorney. Why are you representing Teresa? You know what? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of that, to be honest with you. I, I think that, and I, I, I'm humble. I'm very, very humble, but I'm good at what I do as far as getting things done for people, right? And I know that Joe Gorga at that time was very appreciative that someone like me had gotten involved with his sister. And I completely just, got involved with Teresa and absolutely adore her, right? I got to know her under some very, very challenging circumstances. She's absolutely an amazing woman. She's a great mother. She's just been through so much that you want to help her. And I have a unique skill set where the, the things that were coming at her, I was in a position where I knew I could help her and I wanted to help her. And Quite honestly, I think there was some relief that, hey, you know, there's somebody good in her corner that's going to make sure, you know, things get done and things get done properly. So, no, I don't think there was any of that. I don't think there was any of that. At the end of the day, while there may be some competitiveness, you know, that's the nature of the show, right? It's right. it's a competition uh, to an extent. But at the end of the day, there's also a lot of love there, right? There's a lot of love there on both sides. Sometimes it gets a little complex like it does in all of our lives with people that we love. Um, But no, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that being anything, you know, really to speak of. So you, I mean, listen, Teresa went through the, probably the hardest, most difficult stuff that we've ever seen on any, any Bravo show. I feel like. No doubt. No doubt. So you're there with her. When you start hearing things are going down 
between like what's going down with like, you know, everything with Joe and Teresa, were you like, oh my gosh, I'm an attorney damage control. How do we make this stop? Like, what were you thinking to try to fix it, stop it, help whatever? I, I, I got involved with Teresa when a lot of that stuff was already in the rearview mirror. And gotcha. now what, what lie, you know, what was ahead of her was unfortunately her going away. I will say unequivocally, had I been involved with her 18 months to two years before she would have never done a day. She shouldn't have done a day. In my opinion, she did nothing wrong. She didn't do anything knowingly wrong. Let's say that there were mistakes that were made. That's absolutely, you know, can't refute that. Did she know what she was doing? I can tell you absolutely not. Right. She trusted her husband and even Joe, even Joe, and I'm not looking to sugarcoat it here. You know, Joe made some mistakes. Joe has paid dearly for those mistakes. His family has paid dearly for those mistakes. I'd like to think that if I had been involved with them two years prior, maybe things could have gone differently. And quite honestly, as an attorney, they should have gone differently. This is not somebody, speaking of Joe Judice, that should be removed from the country. This is not somebody that should be living elsewhere away from four daughters. That should not be. That's not fair. That's not just. I know what the law says, but I think that there was a lot of mistakes made prior to me getting involved. Right. Uh, But when I got involved, there was a lot going on. Right. She was a month or so away from, you know, going to Danbury. Um, which was devastating. Oh my God. So you literally are getting involved like in like the heat of the moment. And I got to know her really well during that period. And we developed a very strong bond. But then when she was away, I was visiting with her, but you know, yes, one of the things that I did, I drove her there when she went. So I was in her house and I got to see all of that. I got to see her or hear her upstairs, you know, saying goodbye to her children. Like, you know, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. And as a parent parent and her coming down and just the raw emotion that that was happening there. And when we left and we drove, it was the middle of the night. I want to say she had to get there like 3 a.m. So we maybe left her house around midnight. And... This is a horrible, horrible, scary experience, right? And she wrote about it in her book, Turning the Tables, which when we got there, parked a car, pitch black, you know, big barbed wire fences, all of that. And here I am walking this woman. First of all, she's a woman. She's a mother of four. Forget it. And she's a wife and she's a daughter and she's a sister and she's all those things. And at the very last thing on the list, she's a very famous television personality, right? None of which matters when you're walking through those doors yeah. to say, here I am, right? Now, men, women, this is, a, this is where you shed a tear. This is where you have a breakdown. We walked in and they, you know, they took her. We said goodbye to one another. We hugged one another. 
I left. I, I couldn't believe that she was as strong and as stoic as she was, okay? So when I walked back to the car, now I've got probably about a three, three and a half hour ride back to where I was going. By yourself. We, I, we had somebody with, there was somebody else with me. Um, we had somebody there with, as security, right? Why didn't Joe go? Joe had, Joe had to be there for the, the girls. The girls, oh you God. Know, and trust They're me, freaking out. Joe, was, Joe was very emotional. That was oh a very, very difficult scene in their house. So I said, you know what? I got to use the bathroom. I just left, but you know what? There's a lobby. I know there's a bathroom in there. I've been in enough prisons in my days as, as an attorney. Let me go back in, ask to use the bathroom before I leave. So now I go walking. I'm walking up the hill at, at a time when they are walking her. Now from that building, they're walking her down the hill, pitch black. She's surrounded by guards. Why is she surrounded by guards? Because she's now in custody, right? She's this is she's like now there. She's they're all hauling her over somewhere else. They're moving her to another building. Oh yeah. So we see each other. We literally are coming right at each other. She said, What are you doing? I said, I, I'm coming to break you out of here, right? She started laughing. She's like, let's go. And the guards were laughing. And as we got like parallel to one another, she looked me dead in the eye. And she said, promise me tomorrow morning, you will call my house and you will tell my mother, my father, and my children that I'm okay. Stop. And it was like, how are you okay? Like you're... And I just remember driving home and thinking, this woman is different. She's built different. There's a, there's a strength there that sometimes you get to see that on the show, right? Where she's not crying. She's not like, oh my God, it's make sure they know that I'm good. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And I did. And let me tell you something. If she had bad days or bad nights, she did a real good job of hiding that from people. Because anytime I went to visit her, anytime any of her family went to visit her, she was upbeat. She was positive. So when I, when I think of housewives and the challenges that present themselves, right, with a particular cast member that might be fighting with her at the reunion, in a ball gown with hair and makeup and hair extensions and fake eyelashes. And you're going against Teresa. You're going against that woman. Who you just dropped off at jail. You got no shot with her because she can handle that. She can handle you. Yeah. And I remember going to see her like three weeks into her being there. And she and I were in a little private room with all these women and their families were in another room you know, because I'm an attorney, we would get like private rooms, right? And I remember saying to her, like one of the first things I said, anybody bothering you in here? And she like looked over her shoulder as to look at like everybody else. And she looked me, she's like, nobody fucks with me in here. And I'm like, like, okay. Like, so that's my message on that show. Like you can sit on the other side of that couch just understand who that person is on the other right. side of the couch. Do you really want to go there with her? Because she's built different. She's built different. People have to, listen, people have to forget that. There is nothing that anyone else on those couches have been through 
remotely like on that. any franchise on any franchise ever ever but even, but like me right now when you're in it and you're watching you don't remember that right maybe you remember something like mean that she said and then you understand why someone's coming at her but like you're not like oh my god this woman what does she go through right. like you can't come like she is just like a walk keep going keep going nothing's getting through doesn't here. stop takes care of her children sets an example for them and you know i wish sometimes the show would capture more of that. I wish the show would capture, and I think you're going to see that because she's now got, she's always said, she's always said, you know, I've been on the show for so long, I've never had good things happen to me on the show. It's always bad stuff. She now, said this. Now she's in yeah. a new relationship right. that she's very excited about. She's absolutely head over heels in love. Louis a great guy, like a great guy. So if you're watching the show and you've been waiting for Teresa to have that peace or that moment, it looks like it's here, right? When? And to win. And, you know, she's been saying for years when we go do media for the new season, it's like, she, you know, she'll say like as a joke, but it's not a joke. Like, yeah, that season, this happened. That season, this person passed away. Right. That's, it's like one Bad thing, but now we're getting to the point where it's let's celebrate life, let's enjoy life. All that negative stuff is God willing in the rearview mirror, and it's you know sunny days ahead for her. And you know, so I just I laugh when I hear about some of the others. Now, talk about Melissa though. You gotta you gotta give Melissa credit because Melissa wasn't even on that show thirty seconds, and at that reunion. I mean, that was as she got, Everything you want to exploded. Talk and she handled herself, right? She, she earned her spot, but what the hallmark of a really good housewife, right? A really good housewife is someone that can be a part of that drama and can bring it and, you know, can survive it. And not all of those women are, are built for that. You know, not all of those women are built for that. I think when you look at Joe and Melissa Gorga, I don't think there is a better housewife, house husband couple on any of those franchises. So you start with that. So that to me is the anchor and has been since season three of why I think Jersey is the best. Well, it's funny too that you said that about Melissa and Joe because people can almost consider him a housewife, right? I mean, he's been on so long. What other husband is there so much? Like you see other husbands, Harry, Hamlin, whatever, they pop on like these husbands do. Joey is like always there. I mean, he, I feel like is almost as much as Melissa. Well, now Jersey is a whole new thing. I mean, the husbands are like- The husbands are back again. The husbands are back. back. And that's only going to be enhanced with Louie. Right. Because right. Louis is a great addition to that. You know, back in the early days of Jersey, when it was Joe Judice, when it was uh, Joe Gorga, and you had, you know, Chris Larita, right. And Afanzo, and, you know, even Rich Wakili, you know, the men had like an identity. Right. And then as that cast changed over the years, the men really kind of went down to Joe Gorga. Right. Was like, the only one that really yeah. had an identity. 
You've got Frank Catania, who's great. You know, Frank's a great guy. Margaret's husband, yeah. Bill Aiden mm-hmm. is a good, Joe B is a good guy. Right. Evan's a good guy. Uh, Bill Aiden's a great guy. Louie's going to be a great. So the husbands are kind of back on Jersey. And I think the viewers like to see all of them together. And that's a very interesting thing because for many seasons, I think Jersey lost that. It was just the women. The men were, with the exception of Joe Gorga, the men really just weren't part of it. I feel like they lost a lot, though. When Teresa went away, I feel like certain people came on. I don't think, me personally, I've seen all the seasons. I don't think it was their strongest one at all. You definitely felt the void of Teresa not being there. So I guess you're talking about like what would be like season six, right? That was season, yeah, right. Yeah. Twins, Teresa's, all that. Teresa's still on that season. The problem was, you know, what happens is it starts with the people that run the show, right? And I don't mean the network. I mean the production yes. company, right? Sometimes it's almost like a football team, right? Sometimes you've got an amazing coach, an amazing quarterback, and you've got, it's, you've got a winning team. We had on Jersey, I think in the very, very beginning, an absolute all-star team. I think somewhere in like the, certainly if you're going to talk about season six, if we just isolate that. Right. That was a losing season for Jersey. Okay. Season seven is now Teresa coming home. Right. Season seven is her coming home. And the people that were on season seven in production, they they got the show. They knew the story. They knew what to hit, right? We had uh, the executive producer, Lucilla D'Agostino. She was with the show from the beginning. Maybe she had taken a little bit lesser of a role in a season or two, but season seven, when, when, when it counts, she's back. Caroline Self, producer, she edited the show. She was like the heartbeat of the show. We had two producers, Jacob Huddleston and uh, Tess Gamboa Myers. With those relationships that they developed with the talent is what gets you some of those scenes that you're not going to get. I mean, speaking of that year, I'm at the house with Joe Judice's you know, last day at the house. And it was no cameras inside, no cameras, no cameras. That's his wishes. Obviously, they want to capture it. And Jacob, one of the producers, had developed this relationship. Him and Joe Judice, they used to, you know, tease each other, but there was a respect there. Right. Jacob sent me a message. He's like, see if Joe will let me just come in just to say goodbye to him. Because I I love the guy. Joe, yeah, yeah, tell him to come in. And before you know it, this one wants to come in, that one wants to come in. And before you know it, Cameras don't come in, but they'll be outside, right? Where we saw by the car. Right. So at the end of the day, when you have producers on reality shows, they are very, 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 very important. If those producers know the history, if they know who the personalities are that they're dealing with, and if they know the whole universe. You know, to speak of Joe Judice, when Teresa was away and we did the Teresa Checks In special. Right, 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 right. Which was three episodes, and it was Teresa calling from you know uh, Connecticut and kind of running her household in these brief phone calls. And I was on; I think I was in all three episodes of that. 
But there was a scene with Joe Judice and I at the house where I think we were going to smoke cigars or maybe we did smoke cigars. I don't remember, but we were sitting outside. I remember the scene was I was bringing home from visiting her, her diary, right? Her diary that was ultimately, that ultimately became her book. Right. So the scene is Joe, I was with her yesterday or maybe even that, that day. I don't remember. And I've got this diary that I'm going to give to you for safekeeping. Joe Judice started crying and he started to have like a moment. Like I, you know, like I can't believe that this is what's happening. My wife away. The producer completely steps in on the scene and they're like, okay, let's do it again with the diary. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this was a real moment. And then Joe got himself together and we did the scene about the diary, but the producers, and we have a great, great, great producer, showrunner right now, LV is her name. She's been with these folks for many years. You gotta know who the talent is. You gotta know the backstory. And when you have that, when you have that, and you've got talent that's willing to go there, Right. And be authentic and be vulnerable. That's how you have great television. That's how you have great TV. But don't forget that season seven, when Teresa comes home, Jacqueline Larita, who was, you know, a very big part of the show. I mean, Jacqueline Larita should get the credit for being the one that put the original cast together. Like that's irrefutable. Jacqueline Larita The reason that there was Caroline, Jacqueline, Dina, Teresa, and Danielle was because of Jacqueline Larita. And that's, nobody can ever take that away from her, right? That's a fact. Jacqueline was somebody that if she was with you, she was with you. But if she was against you, it was like 24-7, right? Jacqueline was, but that season at the reunion, when Jacqueline is going after Melissa and going after Teresa, what do you see? And it's very real and it's organic. You see Teresa and Melissa hold hands. Like we're one. You're coming with our family. I personally, because of my relationships, I wish we would see more of that. Right. Right. I wish we could see more of that, but Hey, it is what it is. People don't want to see that. They want to see the fighting and they want to, you know, unfortunately that's what people want to see. Right. But you know, in, in those moments, that is like, you're coming at us. We're going to get together and we're going to. And, you know, that was, all of our that's... shit, we're standing united. Right. Because we're family and we love right. each other. Right. Right. And to, to see that you had a very explosive season seven reunion that year with right. Jacqueline and Teresa and Melissa. So, and then there's other years where like the, you know, the big fight doesn't it pales in comparison but particularly on jersey you know you go back go back to the table flip right teresa and danielle big deal right big deal season three teresa and melissa big deal you know and that carries on for four or five you get to seven when teresa's home teresa jacqueline melissa jacqueline you get to season eight margaret and siggy right that was that was explosive right right and again, these seasons like run into one another for me, but <laughs> eventually it was Teresa and Jackie, right? You know, so, so yeah, like right. So, but at the end of the day, 
to really be a MVP housewife, you've got to have like one or two of them under your belt. Right. You've got to have. So when you're Melissa Gorga, your first season, it's real. It's authentic. It's your family. It's Teresa. Like you earn your stripes there, right? Teresa has done it a million times. Jacqueline Larita, she earned her stripes, whether you like her, dislike her. She was, I was always adversarial with, but she was a competitive housewife, right? So when I look at the cast that we have now, I think someone like Jennifer Aiden, it's just, it's going to just be, what's the fight? Jennifer Aiden's got all of that, you know, she's got all that feistiness. She just has she comes had, to fight. She's ready. She right, can take it. She hasn't had that like main event opponent yet. Right. So she fought a little bit with Margaret. Margaret's got it. Margaret's right. got it. Margaret's a competitor, even though I don't always agree with everything that she does and says. Margaret's a competitor and that type of energy is what keeps the show going and what keeps, you know, people tuning in and what gives you a season 10, 11, and we're moving on to 13, you know? So Dolores, ever since I met Dolores, it's always been, huh, you don't want to get Dolores going. You don't want to get Dolores going. Well, Dolores has been on the show since season seven, that seven eight, nine, 10. Oh, you know, wow. she's going into like season six or seven. Right. I can't think off the top of my head of like that main event Dolores versus somebody. Right. 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 I, no. I think if Dolores were to do that, it, it changes the dynamic. Danielle a little like, bit. Danielle like, a little bit. Right. Everybody's but, with Danielle a little bit. With that being said, this is why I come back to Jersey being so authentic. Right. Why is Dolores not getting into these knockdown brawls with these women? Why? Because she likes them. Right. They're friends. Right. So it would be fake for her to show up and say, I'm going to fight with Teresa. It would get her on the couch next to Andy Cohen. It would, but it would be fake because they're right. friends. They, their families love one another. Like, so that's why Jersey's so authentic. It's not like wrestling where it's like, it's your turn. It's, oh, it's right. my turn. Right. So Jennifer Aiden and Teresa are very close, you know? So, but Jennifer Aiden is one of those ones. She gets her opportunity to do that. She's, she can bring all that stuff out. She's, you know, she's a competitor, you know? So I think Jersey, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm, first of all, I'm from Jersey. Like you said, I'm Mr. Jersey whatever Jersey all day. Cause these women are real. Even when I disagree with them, even when they're fighting with my people and it's stressful, it's authentic. Yeah. And how is that for you? When like someone's coming at Teresa or we, we Hey, Teresa's got an amazing team of people, right? Yeah. Carrie Ann who works with her is amazing. How do we deal with it? We deal with it, right? We deal yeah. with it. Like, you know, we help her, we, you know, but listen, you're talking about a woman that when that reunion, oh, it's like the reunion is her Super Bowl and she's Tom Brady, every reunion. Like, you know, like you think, oh, this is the year they're going to get her. It's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. The And I'm so like, the years just run into one another. It's been so, a lot. 
it was maybe season 11, the last reunion that aired. I got a call about a month before the reunion. And the show was real volatile at that time. Yeah. Teresa and Jackie were arguing over the rumor and what Jackie said about Gia, whatever. And the reunion promised to be volatile, right? Because Teresa and Jackie are very different. So they were going to approach that differently, whatever. Right. So I got a call about a month before the reunion and it was from production, but also from the network. Andy wants Louie to surprise Teresa at the reunion. We don't want to do a walkout where Teresa is aware. We want, again, we want it to be real and authentic. Right. No, no fake in it, but can you help us with that? So the first thing I did, I called Louie. And this is, all, this is all a new world to him. He's phenomenal, by the way. One of the kindest, most insightful, just a good human being. And I'm putting my stamp on that, period. Like, good guy, good guy. Call him up. He's nervous, as he should be, because... Who wants to walk onto the reunion stage? like Into the lion's den. It's like the lion's den. Like Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants to do that, right? So number one, you don't want to do it. Number two, what if Teresa isn't happy that you came? What if it, it goes bad? There's so many ways for that to go bad. So I said, oh. look, let's just put a pin holder in this. We'll come back to it. Blah, blah, blah. So we're getting closer and show what's happening like – with these women on social media, it's really getting, I know the reunion is going to be volatile and the producers are like, you know, all right, we got to, you know, get these cars and get everybody ready. So we've got Louie where he's going to the reunion. Teresa has no idea. She's completely in the dark. Now I'm going to be the one that's tasked with making this happen. If it goes great. I'm a hero. If it goes bad. Asshole. All right. So <laughs> as we're getting closer, I said, and Louie agreed, Louie will go. Louie will be waiting. He'll be on standby, we'll call it. Right. But right before that segment, I need a phone call with Teresa. I need to take her temperature to see like how the reunion is so far. Right. She won't know why, but you've got to like call a timeout. You got to do something. So if you think about that reunion, they get to the last scene and everybody had drinks, remember? Right. Teresa right. didn't have a drink because when they passed the drinks out, she was backstage calling me. Talking to you. Now, what I say to her was, how did it go? If she had said, I hate this show, but I know that it just went bad, right? Like I know that it was a bad day and I know that bringing him out with that energy is I'll, I'll be the bad guy. Right. How did it go? Piece of cake. She said, piece of cake, piece of cake, like this piece of cake. I said, all right, call me when you're done. Tom Brady. She, they bring her back out. Let's go. And then Louie comes out and surprises yeah. her. Right. So, and that's a great moment. And it was really a great introduction for him, even though he'd been on the season and he filmed. It's really like, you know, you're kind of getting to meet 
Andy, there you are, Louie. You're there. And he was, you know, he had been backstage with the guys, all of whom were very welcoming to their little fraternity and whatnot. It was a home run across the board. I was thinking, this is completely backtracking, but I was thinking, because I can't remember, when Teresa went away, they already knew when she got back that then Joe Gigi was leaving. Correct. So Teresa came home in December, right, right before Christmas, Christmas right, right before Christmas. Joe had a date set for March. Okay. So they were right. together for Christmas, January, February, and then halfway through March, Joe had to go serve his sentence. And the irony is that filming started, it started prior to her getting out. You know, they were doing Melissa and Jacqueline and, you know, like, like their personal stories and them with their families, like the, the buildup to the season starting and the season, if I'm not mistaken, probably wrapped a week or two after Joe went away. So the bookends were, we get Teresa coming home, we lose Joe and, you know, now Teresa's by herself at the end of that season. Right. Wait, who went, you went to go get her? That was, yes. I went to go pick her up. <gasps> so this, you took her and picked her up. I did. I did. Um, Insanity. Picking her up was, and this again is a testament to all of those producers that I mentioned earlier and others that I'm forgetting at the moment. But obviously you can't take a camera crew onto the grounds of a federal prison. Like that's a no-no. So what they did was, they, the night before we all stayed at a hotel in, in town and the night before they like put, they put like the GoPros in my car. Like they had my car like ready to go. Right. And we did all these like dry runs of routes that we were going to take and this, that, or the other. And I think she got out at like 5.00 AM was her, you know, when she got released one way in one way out. So we thought, and there was a ton of media and paparazzi. It was a big deal. Like they were flying drones because to get that first picture of her was a big deal, right? Like, you know, we had done, we had done a deal with people magazine for the exclusives. Somebody else gets that exclusive. That's, that's the end of your deal. Right. So, you know, we, so I go on to the facility, to the prison and I go through like two checkpoints before they like realize I am who I am. They got my name, my ID. And then they make me sit at the second checkpoint because they're, they're going to be, you know, she's not out yet. So if, if she got out at five o'clock, they probably don't release me until like five Oh three. So it's five Oh three AM pitch black. She's walking out with boxes of stuff, fan mail, books, you personal pictures, like everything that she 11 months of stuff, 11 months of her life, a lot of books and a lot of fan mail, tons of it. First thing that she says, I got out of here at five o'clock. It's five Oh three. You're three minutes late. And my <laughs> response was, I'm going to turn around and leave you here. And then, you know, we laugh, she gets in the car or she comes to the car and they're telling us like, there's like drones. People are like, it's crazy. So we take her into like the main building. She goes in, in a jumpsuit and comes out, Teresa, like those first photos. She did that makeup, all that in a bathroom. And she was out in five minutes. Like it was like, 
it was almost like it couldn't be real. She went in and came out and we got in the car and we had like a walkie talkie with the producers, but what we, what they did for us, which is super nice. They told us, well, there is another exit out of here. If you want, we can take you out that way. The jail said this. Jail was very accommodating. Right. So we then had to communicate with our producers like you got to go from where you think we're coming to over here. So they got there. We got out when we, they were on the other side, they were the only ones there with our people magazine uh, photographer in their car, because that was part of what we worked out. Right. And now we've got to drive from Connecticut to New Jersey. And what we had was, it was my car. We had a, a white van with the cameras in it. My instructions were, stay like basically like on our bumper because right. we're going to be shooting out of that van. Then we had like three Escalades with security. They were Mariah Carey's security people. They were no joke, right? And it was like, they told us, me ahead of time, if you go left, we're going to like box you in so that nobody can get near you. So Teresa's in the back seat. I'm driving. She's FaceTime and her kids and Joe and whatnot. She's listening to Christmas music. Like we're having, like we're making jokes, whatever. And all of a sudden, like they're telling us on the walkie talkie, like this car, watch this car. It's like trying to like get into our little, you know, force field. And it, at first, and I'm not trying to be dramatic here at first, it's like, oh, this is kind of cool, right? Like, oh, this is, it's actually not kind of cool. It's like 5.30 in the morning, it's dark. And I'm, you're thinking about like Princess Diana. You're thinking about like, uh, yeah, yeah, how yeah, far yeah. is this guy going to go to get that picture? These crazy people. So then I'm telling you, hear it on the show. Like I'm telling Teresa, like lay down, like just get on the floor, cover yourself up because we don't want them to get the picture. But they, they're just snapping shots at my car, hoping that they get something. Thank God they don't. And nobody got hurt and it was all good. And that's a testament to, you know, I was just driving. I'm following people. It was the security. The security was insane. They were on point. Like they were prepared to crash their car at one point into this car to keep them away from us. Like, like no joke. Like it was, and we're on a highway doing 70, 80 miles an hour. Like no joke, but that episode and that day, and I, we, this came up somewhere on social media uh, a couple weeks ago, Christian Grace Snow. Do you know who he is? He's a blogger. Okay. If you don't know him or your listeners, viewers don't know him, they need to follow him. This is a guy, much like your podcast, and I've listened to a bunch of your episodes, you get it because you get the pulse of the show, you get the pulse of the universe. This kid gets it. He's funny. He's like, if you go there and you look at his stuff, you'll laugh a couple times a day. He's Amazing. He's the one that brought this up like a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we were approaching the house and it's going to be Teresa. And there, none of this is planned. Like, it's not like, all right, you're going to do this. It's all happening like in real time. So we get close. One of the producers, Lucilla, who was the head producer from the beginning of the show, took some time off, but she's like on the ground this day, making sure everything's on point. She or somebody with her literally jumps in the backseat, mics Teresa up in like 30 seconds. 
checks her out. She's good. Teresa's mic'd up. I pull the car up into their driveway. When we get out of the car, I've got an umbrella. Most people are like, well, what are you doing with an umbrella in the driveway? The umbrella was so that the cameras that were behind us couldn't take her picture. That's the, that's the lengths that we went to prevent. Blocking the shot. Blocking the shot, killing the shot. Unreal. She walks by the dog cage. It was a German shepherd. Right. And when she went away, it was this big. She comes back 11 months later. It's a gigantic. She takes a stop at the dog. I can't remember the dog's name. Um, and she stopped and she spoke to the dog. Right. And then within her, her house, you make open the one door and you come in and then you're in the kitchen. kitchen. Right now I'm, I'm with her. I'm like, mm, I'm going to stay behind. I don't want to be in that scene. The lawyer does not need to be in there for this. I'm just going to get in the way. Let me stay back. So obviously it's so emotional. And that's what I'm saying about this show. That's her walking in after 11 months. She comes in. She does one of these. She can't speak. Joe's emotional. The girls are just static. So it airs. So like a couple months later, I'm having dinner with one of the producers in New York. And she's showing me like different things of, you know, that, that episode. And she's like, you want to see like the early cut of that? It's like the first episode or maybe the second. I don't remember. I said, yeah. She said, but you got to put my headphones on. She's like, you got to hear her heartbeat when she gets out of your car, knowing that in 12 steps, she's home. Around. I put this thing in there and I was there. But now I'm watching it and I'm appreciating it in a different way. You hear this woman's heart Racing. eating out of her chest. So I dare you, any of these other franchises, I dare you to tell me that any one of them is more authentic than that. So when you're with Teresa and you've watched the roller coaster, the ups, the downs, you've watched her, okay, she's home. She's going to lose Joe. She loses her mother. Yeah. Like, what? Like, she loses her mother. This poor woman loses her father. Like, this is happening in real life. Then you're like, oh, then she meets right. an amazing man. So now we get to celebrate and enjoy that with her. That's what, to me, makes that show so special, right? And I think that uh, this season, that the reunion, whatever that's getting filmed in the next couple of months, I think it's going to be a continuation of the Jersey story. Right. It's really, you know, Teresa up, down, come back. Don't ever, 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 ever count that woman out. Trust me, and many have, many have. Yeah. And you're going to be very, very, very disappointed if you're banking on, oh, it's over for her. She's, no, she's, she's built to last, right? Do you ever see a time, though? You know her more than anybody. Do you ever see a time when she's, I mean, she has been on since number one. Yes. I mean, do you ever see a time where she's like, enough is enough? She didn't even have all four kids when she came on. You know what? I think doing the show has become so much of her identity 
right? So if you were on that show and your job was to be my authentic self, you could do that for 12 years. You could do that for 25 years. I guess the answer to that question is when you stop being your authentic self, yeah. Then it's almost like the athlete that's past its his his or her prime, right? I think she's in her prime. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. what I said a couple moments ago, all the ugly stuff, now this is what she wants to share with you, the good stuff. Right, happy stuff. So she her as long as she wants to continue doing it and they are going to continue doing it. I don't see her going anywhere. I think this is what she wants to share with you. Finally, happiness. Finally, happiness. Do you think and they'd you, ever have a baby? Listen, I I don't know. I, I don't even know how that would work, right? You know, you get, right? We get to certain ages in life where that's not a necessarily viable, but who knows? Never know it out. But well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I, I have no idea about that. I would I would assume not. I would assume not because, you know, they both have children and when you have children and you have young children and then you become older children, yeah, you love babies, but do you really, would you want to start that whole thing all over again? Trust me. So two and a half year old. I'm like, is that still too long? I can't even imagine a 12 year old. Right. So starting that process all over again in your late forties or something, I'm going to probably venture to say that I don't see that in the future. But, you know. Hey, yeah. what, what was harder? Her leaving when she had to leave? Because it, we knew it was like only, not only, I mean only 11 months. 11 days would be a lifetime. But 11 months or harder when Joe was leaving. So the way I would look at it would be this. And this is no disrespect to Joe at all, right? At all. Teresa was extremely involved with those girls, right? right? She was, I mean, four daughters, four daughters. Who do you think they're going to more? They're going to go to their mother, right? It's just, it is what it is. So I think that as a culture shock into that household, losing Teresa was more difficult. Right. They realized that they could go visit her. She could call on the phone. At some point, if I remember correctly, there was like FaceTime, like video conferences that they were able to do. So that scary thing prepared them for when Joe went. So now they were a little bit more acclimated to it and they had an amazing support system. The mother, you know, the grandparents were there, very, very involved. So the kids, they got that time with Joe. And I think this is what makes me sad thinking about it is those girls had been through so much. Like when you look at like Teresa checks in, Gina's eighth grade dance, you know, we filmed that episode and Teresa's on the phone making sure that like the stylist is got everything that the makeup and that's her eighth grade dance. Right. But now we get to the point where Joe's leaving. And I think that collectively they thought, we have to go do this 40 months, which was really like three years. We got to go do this three years and then it's over. And then we get to be a unit again. That didn't happen. And Joe was optimistic. The family was optimistic that 
that immigration would go differently. And it's tragic that it didn't, right? We need to, we need to work on our immigration laws, right? Because that should never happen for a nonviolent white collar offender. We need to kick him out of the country so that he can't be at his daughter's wedding. Like, I got a problem with that. Like, that's fucked up. That's just, that's not the way it's supposed to be, right? You read those laws, they're, it's like they were written in like, you know, the 1800s. Like, we, we need to work on that, right? Because that should never happen. If you're, a, you've done something horrendous and you're a violent person and you're a right. dangerous community, Go. send them to the moon, send them to the moon. But what he did, deported? Do you think they would be together right now had he not gotten deported? So that's a really difficult question to answer. I can speak more for Teresa than I can of Joe. Teresa has grown and evolved into such a different person. I don't know the answer to that. I honestly do not know the answer to that. She is not the same person in 2021 that she was in 2014, not even close. So I don't know, I don't know what would have happened. That would have been, that would have been interesting to see. I don't know. I can tell you she is super happy right now in her life. And by all accounts, Joe seems happy in his, but Joe is a good father. He's an amazing father. How happy can he be when he can only see his daughters a couple times a year? So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I think that would have been a very interesting thing to find out. And this is a testament to all of them. They went to visit Joe. I think it was in the Bahamas. Teresa, the girls, and Louie. And Joe and Louie met and hit it off. That's amazing. Because at the end of the day, Joe knows that he's not here, but he's got an amazing man that's stepped in and is developing a relationship with Teresa, which is, you know, over, you know, it's a year plus at this point. It's not, it didn't happen yesterday. It's, it's been there. The girls love and respect him, right? They love and respect him. Obviously they adore their father, but for Louie to get Joe's blessing tells you everything that you need to know about Louie. Like that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. They're good people. They're entertaining on TV. They might, do this, they might do that, but at their core, they're good people. And I, I really wish that the viewers uh, or social media would sometimes take a step back and not be as critical be- and, and they would realize how real it is. We all saw when like the whole thing went down with them where everyone was like so pissed at Joe, like you caused this, right? So like, I can't imagine how it was for you because you're so close to Teresa, were you at, but you're representing Joe. Did you ever, was there ever a moment where you were like, kind of like, really Joe? Like if you didn't do some of this shit, none of this would be happening. But by the time I got involved, there was just work that needed to be done and pointing fingers and blaming anybody. And I will tell you this, I, I think what, what they lacked at that time was good people around them that would say time out we need to do this right. right joe's not a bad guy joe's not a bad guy joe's a 
construction guy from North Jersey. He got in over his head and they're on television and things happened, right? right? But he's not like some mastermind. Joe's a Joe's a good guy, loves his family. He would have never wanted anything like that to ever happen to Teresa, et cetera. So you're talking about good people at their core, right? Now, sometimes that doesn't come off on TV. If I stick a camera in your face, you know, seven days a week for four months, you might not be the greatest person all Me? day. I am perfect. Maybe all you. Day Plus, you're, you're very, my I, husband. As I'm getting to know you, I'm I'm sensing that you are very, very high energy. We, you know, we talk <laughs> about being like extra, but you're you've got that, but that's you. That's authentically you. Yeah. Right. Some of these other folks, one of the things that comes up when you hear about, oh, this person, they tried them out for the show, but it didn't work because they're not authentic. It's they're image conscious. So they're more concerned with the image that they're right. portraying right. than you know, who they really are. Yo, I always wanted to ask you, Caroline and Teresa were at a point where they hated each other. Caroline leaves. Did she not even show up to the reunion? Is that when it was? No, I think Caroline always did the reunions. Jacqueline, Jacqueline. The one didn't come and do the reunion. And then all of a sudden, Caroline and Teresa are doing a freaking Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, so uh, they reached out to... Teresa, you know, Carrie Ann, who is amazing, who's a, a very, very big part of Team Teresa. She called me probably before she called Teresa and said, you're not going to believe this. They want Teresa to do a Super Bowl commercial. So I said, like a real Super Bowl commercial, like during the game, or is it on the web somewhere? She said, no, this is a real, like a real, real Super Bowl commercial. Shit. Good money, Super Bowl commercial. I'm like, yes. Now, you know, we have to obviously talk to the network because it's on another network. So we've got to, there's some things out. She's like, but there's one thing. There's one thing. I said, well, what, what could there possibly be? They want her to do it with Caroline Manzo. And it was like, now listen, I've met Caroline. I'm not, I have no, nothing bad to say about her at all. But at this time, Caroline and Teresa were, you know, not really on great terms. There had been a lot of stuff said and whatnot. So it was like, okay, let's talk to Teresa, talk to Teresa. And then it was like, listen, this is the biggest, you want to talk about the biggest stage. This is a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Like this is it. This is international Super Bowl commercial. It, there's nothing, there's nothing bigger. Nothing. I said, we have to reach out to Caroline. And we've got to like talk to her so that when you guys go, you guys can be professional. You can do all that. So I forget, I reached out to Caroline and she was receptive. So I facilitated, this is me being like the mediator, right? I've done it with Teresa Again. and others. So I, I get Caroline on the phone. I get Teresa on the phone within like 40 seconds. It was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever this is going to be great. Like I'm looking forward to it. Like two professionals past is the past, no drama, no issues. They did the commercial. Somebody, I forget who was sending us like outtakes. They were laughing, you know, not to say that you're going to see them having dinner next week. Right. Right. But they were able what, what are they really fighting about? They're fighting over housewives stuff. Right. It wasn't, you know, so that was a beautiful thing. 
that they were able to do that. Tremendous opportunity for them both. Part of that commercial, they, you know, they duplicated the flip, right? Cause she flipped right. Like, right. And right. it's like that you, you've now reached a stratosphere right. that, you know, you can have books on the New York times bestseller list. You can do, you know, good morning, America, the today show, you can do all these things. She's today out doing Kelly Clarkson show for, you know, to promote, uh, girls. Oh, she's with Cynthia. I believe they're together today. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Amazing. You do not get any bigger than the Super Bowl. Like that's it. And for them to tip their cap to your iconic moment, you've like encapsulated yourself into like pop culture. Who the forever. hell can say I did a Super Bowl? And by the way, I'm not just saying that because I'm a psycho, psycho football fan. Like I would shit. I would shit to be a housewife. I would double shit to do a Super Bowl commercial. Okay. I could see you as, I could see you as a housewife. We got to try to make that happen. Oh, are you kidding me? Something, something tells me your husband wants no parts of that. You know what? Let me tell you how much I care about that. Okay. <laughs> he goes, gonna, no, bye. Have fun. I'm, we're, we're, you do it. You go. All right. We're, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to see if we can make that happen. Um, I am done. I'm done. I'm like, I, could you imagine? Oh my God. Listen, it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity for some people. It's a tremendous gift. It, you know, they get to make money. They get to do different things that they otherwise wouldn't have done. Right. And then for other people, it's a curse. Bad yeah. things happen. You know, look at, Erica Jane and right. the woman from Utah, uh, Jen Shah, you know, bad things are happening. Well, and don't do shitty things and then shit won't right. happen to you. I mean, and that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know. But I will tell you that virtually everybody that I've encountered in the housewives universe from Andy Cohen all the way down, they're good people. They're genuine people. And I think if people, my parting words would be this. If you're going to invest the time and watch an hour every week of Real Housewives of whatever, preferably New Jersey, but if you're going to give them an hour of your time every week and you're going to watch two or three hours of the reunion and you're going to watch, watch what happens live when your favorite people are on there. If you really want to like enjoy it, try to get to know these people, right? Melissa Gorga's written a book. Teresa's got six books, right? Margaret wrote a book. I think Jackie's writing a book. Like, get to know these people. They do interviews. They do podcasts. Get to know them. Figure out who they really are. Right. Not necessarily what you always see on television. And I promise you, if you get to know most of them, not all of them, but most of them, as I've gotten to know them, it would make it a thousand times better. Right. You would really know, I really like this person. I'm really rooting for this person. And, you know, you would, the show would take on a completely different meaning to you as a viewer. Support them, get to know them. If they right. come to your area, go meet them. Go to one of these meet and greets and you'll get to know them, right? You'll get to know them. And my opinion, most of the ones that I've dealt with, and I don't mean the ones I represent, I mean, just in general, because- if you go to watch what happens live, you meet them from all over. I don't think I've met anyone that I can say, what's up with that one? I went to dinner with Cynthia and Mike last night. 
Okay. Cynthia said, let me tell you, I have been doing this for a very long time. Teresa is my girl. She said, but like my girl, when I go over like that way, like I'm staying at her house. 100%. She goes, she's the last person I thought that I would really connect with. I love her. And it was just like, I wasn't shocked, but I just was not. It was just, it was really cool. It was really they always cool. Say, when they say real recognizes real, right? right? And I can tell you without giving any spoilers, watching episode one of the girls trip, Cynthia is a very big part of that in the sense of mediating some disputes and putting some people in their place a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me. And I know Teresa loved Kenya on that trip. Like they, they really hit it off. And Melissa, you know, does a lot of events where Melissa has relationships with others that, you know, she's done different things with. Right. But when you see them from other cities connect, it's cool. a beautiful thing. Listen, we got to do this again. I got more oh stories for you. But hey, where, where's your social? Tell everyone your social so they can find you, though. So I am on Instagram at Leonard J-R-E-S-Q. I'm on Facebook. Listen, I'm so accessible because if anybody ever wants to speak to me, call my office and my office will say there's somebody on the phone. They need a lawyer and you're probably going to get me on the phone at some point. So I'm very, very easy to find. True point, you guys. I've been going after him for like five months. So I love you so much. You this are. This was a pleasure. And um, thank you for having me. And I look forward to doing it again. I can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W, at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.